This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafaa. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala nabiyyina al-Mustafa. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allahu wahtahu la sharika lah. وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه تسليم كثيرا. 1986, in the month of May, I became a Muslim in a place where I was isolated and far away from the Muslim community, and I was far away from people who were Muslims who knew Al Islam, and I was surrounded by ignorant people like myself. It was the month of Ramadan, and they told me that I had to fast from Fajr time all the way to Isha time. And it was during the time when the days were very long in the month. So I must have been fasting for about 20 hours for the first time in my life. I was this close to apostating and leaving this religion because it was too much. I never heard about fasting, never dealt with fasting. I believed in Islam. But that fasting, it was difficult. So the people who were Muslims and they were around me, they were almost successful in doing what the Prophet ﷺ said, Verily from our community are those people who run people away from the religion. They run people away from the religion. And they may do it and they have ikhlas. Like the ustad in the madrasa who hits the child, like the mother or the father who wants to raise the child on Islam and memorize the Quran, but they are overloading the circuits of the child. Like the Muslim man who marries a lady who is a Jewish lady or Christian lady, and she's coming to Islam, but when he looks, she looks at how he's dealing with her, becomes a problem. After Ramadan, we have the month of Shawwal, then we have the month of Dhul Qa'dah, and then the month of Dhul Hijjah. So Hajj came. My first Eid al-Adha. I didn't go for Hajj. My first Eid al-Adha. I heard a khutbah by Imam Siraj Wahaj that inspired me. Hafidhahullahu ta'ala wa shafahullah. He talked in that khutbah about the virtues of slaughtering fi sabirillah. And how slaughtering is one of the best things that you can possibly do. So I went with a number of reverts like myself. And we went upstate New York. And I slaughtered an animal for the first time. It was an amazing experience. My iman went up. I never did something like that in my life. But seeing the Muslims there and slaughtering, it built my iman. On our way back to where I come from in the inner city, it was hot. The meat was in the boot, in the trunk. That means that it's spoiling the longest in the trunk. When I arrived to where I come from in the inner city, in the projects, I wanted to give sadaqah fi sabirillah with my meat. The meat that I had cut up into eight pieces. They cut it into eight pieces along with the head in the back. I'm walking around in my community with a slaughtered sheep in the bag asking people, you want some meat? Do you want some meat? Do you want some meat? Clearly the non-Muslims who knew me from my community looked at me and said, this man has lost his mind. 
He has a dead animal in the back, and he's walking around, and the head of the animal is in the back, and he's walking around trying to give us meat. And as time is going on, in the summertime, the meat is getting spoiled more and more and more. When I got home with the bag, my mother said, you can't come in here with that meat. You can't bring a dead animal in my house. I said, Ma, you have meat in your refrigerator. What are you talking about? She said, you're not bringing that meat in my house. They called the police on me. Someone called the police on me. The police came. Had it not been for the fact I was an athlete, I was popular, my family was popular, maybe the police would have arrested me and put me in jail for cruelty to animals. But because I explained to them, this is the Eid. We did this for the Eid. They had some background of Islam. Nothing happened. That's a classic example of a new Muslim without any knowledge doing things and behaving in the way where people who are around me are looking at me and they're saying, this man has lost his mind. What I'm doing is the right thing. It's from Al-Islam. But I'm not taking on board my environment. I'm not taking on board who's around me. Another example, and I could give you many, but this is the last one. After that, I got my first real job after becoming a Muslim. A few months after Hajj. Prior to that being young, I used to get summer jobs, summer jobs. This was my first real job. Pretty good job in America as well, especially if you don't have a university degree. I was learning to be a carpenter's apprentice and was good money in it, and I had potential to make even more money. During the lunchtime, the boss, his son, his job was to spy on the workers, to see who was drinking, who was cutting corners, who's trying to steal the materials. That's all his job was. I used to avoid those other people because they were a problem. I'm sitting in my lunch break looking at a colony of ants, a massive colony of ants. I was taking bread for my lunch, for my sandwich, giving it to the ants. Because I remember the story of Abu Huraira at that time. He's called Abu Huraira because he used to like kittens. He's called Abu Huraira because he likes cats. Wallahi, to this very day, 2020, I don't know if that narration is authentic or not. If it's not authentic, it's not like a weak hadith on the Prophet, because that's serious to say a weak hadith about Rasulullah wasallam in halal, in haram, in aqidah. You say a weak hadith is a problem. If Abu Huraira's name is Kunya was Abu Huraira not because of this incident, it's not a big deal. But I heard that just as you heard it. So I was feeding the ants. The son of the boss came, struck up a conversation. What are you doing? I started telling him in our religion, if you feed any living creature, it's sadaqah, it's alms, A-L-M-S. And in our religion, you know, I'm giving him dawah. In our religion, Solomon, Suleiman, he had the ability to speak to the ants. And the ants were speaking to him as well. And in our religion as well, Prophet Muhammad told us there's a hadith that a Nabi, a Rasul, he sat and an ant bit him. And the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi whoever he was, he burnt the whole colony of ants. And then Allah rebuked that Prophet for making others responsible for what one ant did. And that's an authentic hadith. 
When the boss of the, the son of the boss heard that, he must have been thinking that I think I can speak to the ants and the ants can speak to me. So he left. By the end of that working day, they gave me my cash in hand and said, don't come back. You're done here. And that's because I didn't take into consideration my environment and the people in my environment and what I should be doing. And I went against the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Muslims, make things easy on the people and give them glad tidings. And don't run the people away. Don't run your wife away. Don't run your mother-in-law away. Don't run your neighbor away. Don't run the people who are around you away because of your behavior. Because of the criminals who ascribe to Daesh and ISIS and that kind of extremism, the word jihad, I would advise, don't name your son Mujahid. Don't name your son jihad because in a sham, especially Palestine, that's pretty famous, but in today's climate, you probably should think two, three, four, five times. Give that situation a thousand hisab. It's from the fiqh. It may not be in your best interest that at your job, around people, you're making the dhikr of Allah and you're saying out loud, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Yes, Allah is Akbar. And that's from the dhikr of Allah, but your environment. The people that you are around, you have to take it easy. So I'm giving this khutbah from the bab of the ayat of the Quran. Where Allah Azza mentioned to us in the Quran, The ni'mah that Allah bestowed upon you, talk about it. Tell people about the ni'mah that Allah gave you. In a hadith concerning that ayat, the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Whenever you talk about the ni'mah that Allah gave to you, this is a way of making shukr to Allah for the ni'mah. And to not talk about it is a form of rejecting the ni'mah. But you should tell people who love you, people who you love, they care about you, you care about them. Don't tell the evil people who give you the evil eye and they have hasid against you. So it's from that angle that I'm mentioning my own personal life. Not to waste time about stories in my life, because the khayrul kalam is the kalam of Allah. And the khayr al-huda is the huda of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But from the ni'mah of Allah, is that I started off al-Islam as everybody else here did. And as our youngsters are doing right now. And just like you and just like them, I made a lot of mistakes that were unnecessary. And some of those mistakes made problems for people around me. For the reverts who are here, we're the last people who should be acting crazy with our relatives. What do you think about the Muslim sister? May Allah bless her. She accepts Islam, she puts hijab on, jilbab, maybe gloves, and maybe a niqab right away. May Allah bless her. Her people look at that situation. They start to scratch their heads. The mother and the father of that girl... They travel and they go on vacation. She lives in another house. She has her own house. But in the absence of her mother and her father, she goes to their house and she removes all of the pictures. Grandmother, grandfather, aunties, uncles, nieces, everybody. 
the mother and the father come back and they find that going on in their house done by someone who's wearing niqab and jilbab and not living there, not paying rent there. And similar to her is the other revert who knows, like she knows, the malaika, they don't come into the house where there's a picture, but she's not even living in the house. But she doesn't want the malaika from being prevented going into her parents' home who are now Muslims. And then the counterpart, the other person, what does he do? The parents, like my parents, have a dog. And that dog is a member of the household. And sometimes the individuals and the members of the house like the dog more than the brother or the sister, the mother and the father. They kiss the dog in the mouth and other than that. The person takes the dog out of the house and goes to the park and lets the dog free. Why? Because all of those evil things about the dog that the Quran and the Sunnah said. So the point is, how does the mother and the father look at that? How does the relative, how do they look at that? They look at it that you have taken one of the little children of the, home, of the house and you put them in a situation where they may die. It's a problem. So I'm coming here today to speak specifically to the Shabab of our Ummah. And I want to address a group of them. And that, that group, that category are our brothers and sisters, our youngsters who are in the university, especially. They're in the second and the third year in the university. They're in the first year in the university. And lo and behold, when you get to the university, everything is not Islamic. As a matter of fact, most things are not Islamic. So the youngster comes into that environment with ikhlas. They come with hirs and they want to do the right thing. They're not scared and they want to superimpose al-Islam on the environment. And every time a battle presents itself, they're ready to fight. And they're ready to pick and create the battle. So the teacher who may be a male calls on the Muslim female student to answer the question. She refuses because they're opposite sex. The professor who may be a female calls on the Muslim boy to answer the question. He won't look up. He won't answer the question because he has to not look at women who are not halal for him. The teacher may make the study buddy of this Muslim brother, these two girls and another man. These two Muslim girls or this one Muslim girl and three other men. So the person is bucking the system and saying, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to give my presentation, which is 25% of my final grade this year. 25% of my final grade is me standing up, giving a presentation. I'm not going to do that because I'm a Muslim girl and I shouldn't be in front of the men like that because Aisha or Fatima said, the most beloved thing for the Muslim woman is not to be seen by men who are not her maharam, her mahrams. I want to say to my young Muslim brothers and my young Muslim sisters, I'm all for the responsibility that Allah put on our shoulders as it relates to every Muslim establishing the religion to the best of his ability wherever he is and whenever on the face of the earth. You have to establish your religion. But in establishing your religion, you have to pick your battles. You have to know what you're doing. You can't be crazy. 
You can't do anything and act in any way just because it feels good. No doubt. We have to make jihad. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about the people who, when they see something wrong, they do something about it. Men jahaduhum bi yadihi fahuwa mu'min. Wa men jahaduhum bi risanihi fahuwa mu'min. Wa men jahaduhum bi qalbihi fahuwa mu'min. Wa laysa wara'a thalika min al-eeman mithqal habbatan min khardalin. Any Muslim who sees something evil from whoever, white, black, rich, poor, in a uni, out of the uni, at the job, in the street, private, open, any Muslim who sees an evil deed, anyone who makes jihad against it with his hand, it's a sign he's a believer. If he makes jihad against it by speaking out, it's a sign he's a believer. If he makes jihad against it by hating it in his heart, just hating it in his heart, because if he did something about it with his hand or his least hand, it's going to be a bigger fitna. Whoever hates it in his heart, he's a mu'min. But the one who doesn't do any of those three, he doesn't have any iman, not even the mustard seed of an iman. So that hadith shows two things. Number one, we have to make an amr ma'roof in nahi al-munkar. We have to do jihad. We have to establish the truth. But it also shows that you have different abilities, varying abilities, Knowing your ability is critical, it's important. If you know you don't have the ability, as the Muslim wife, be quiet and hate it in your heart because you're going to get divorced and the family is going to be broken apart. But if you have sabr with the situation, you try to work it out, inshallah, Allah, work it out. There's a student, Ikhwani, who last year, he's been struggling with this issue in the university. He wants to stop the first year. Wants to stop the second year. Last year was the third year. This year he should be graduating. A lot of drama between him and his parents. He started making dua to Allah. Allah, you know I don't like this situation. Help me out. A lot of haram. This year COVID comes. He doesn't have to go to the university at all. He does his last year in the university online. Keeping with the statement of Allah. And it's a proof of the statement Anyone who fears Allah, Allah will make a way out for you and provide for you from where you don't know. So I want to say to our youngsters, slow down and pump your brakes and relax. I'm here to tell you, establish your religion. And don't be like the munafiqeen. Those people who are afraid, afraid when society goes against Islam, as Allah said, what the munafiqeen say. فَتَرَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ يُسَارِعُونَ فِيهِمْ يَقُولُونَ نَخْشَ أَن تُصِيبَنَ دَائِرَةٌ Those people, the hypocrites, when you will see them saying, oh, the non-Muslims are going to surround us. Oh, the non-Muslims don't like this. Now Muslims don't believe in Yajuj and Majuj. I can't believe in it. My Muslims don't believe Isa Rumani was created. Like, I can't believe it. Now Muslims don't believe the ant spoke to Suleiman. I can't believe it. Now Muslims don't believe that Yunus was in the stomach of the well. Rasulullah went to Israel and Miraj. He wrote an animal called Al Barak. I have a degree from Cambridge University with honors. I have a degree from Yale University with honors. These people don't believe that in these universities, so you shouldn't. But nah, I'm against that. 
I'm here to say all of us have to establish our religion and we have to be strong. But for our youngsters, you have to pick your battles and you have to take it easy and you have to calm down. الحمد لله حمد كثيرا وطيبا مبارك فيه وصلوات الله وسلامه على نبينا الأمين. There's a dua that the believers said in the Quran: ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنة للذين كفروا. Oh our Lord, do not make us a fitna for those people who disbelieve in this religion. Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم any time and every time. One of his companions did something where the mistake of the companion was negatively affecting the community in a way which causes people to leave the religion by making the religion too difficult. The Nabi Wasallam would step to that person with some strong words. Like he said to Mu'adh ibn Jabal, Afatanun anta ya Mu'adh. Mu'adh prays Salat al-Isha. And he wanted to read Surah Al-Baqarah. People were working all day in the sun. And at the end of the day, they come to the masjid for the reward of the Salat and Jama'ah. And Mu'adh ibn Jabal came to the masjid, started reading Surah Al-Baqarah. The man got out of the line and went over by himself and prayed in the corner by himself. When the Prophet heard about that story, they said, his face became red with anger. And he said to Mu'adh ibn Jabal, Ho, ho! Prophet Muhammad said, Yawm al-Qiyamah will hold the flag up. Yawm al-Qiyamah and all of the ulama will be behind him. Mu'adh had knowledge, but he made that mistake. If Mu'adh can make that mistake, and he's an Arab, knows the language, he knew the Quran, he knew the Sunnah, knowledgeable man, if he can make that mistake, then for sure, the imam who memorized the Quran and gets up here and gives a khutbah for an hour and a half, he can make that same mistake. Rasulullah said to Mu'adh, Mu'adh, are you a fitna for the people? You make the people hate Salah. You make the people hate the Quran. You make the people hate Al-Islam. Rabbana la taj'alna fitnatan lilladheena kafaru. Don't make us a fitna for those people who disbelieve. So Ummat al-Islam... As it relates to the older people here in this masjid, this khutbah is for you. You make people hate Islam by still forcing your daughters to marry people they don't want to marry. You make people hate Islam by forcing your daughter-in-law to live with you and she's a slave. You know, all of those issues, and there are many. So in concluding, we want to say to our Shabbat, how is it possible that you're going to navigate through your lives and you're going to navigate, and at every turn, you're clashing with your parents and everybody else. And you don't have to clash. You have to learn how to pick your fights, pick your battles. There are some battles that you have to fight. Now, I don't want anybody leaving here thinking that I'm saying that the girl who is in that classroom and they want to pair her up and make her buddy, her study buddy a man, that she shouldn't speak out. She should speak out. He should speak out. But speak out in a way that's good. And as I said, 
pick your battles. Everything can't be, hey, I don't do that. Hey, I don't do that. Hey, I don't do that. You have to change the professor. You have to change the time because I go to Juma. You have to change this. You have to, no. This, this world is not running around or dancing to the beat of Ellisland. So how do you learn how to pick your fight? How do you learn how to pick your battles? For the youngsters, you learn by getting knowledge of your religion. Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So those people don't sit there and think that I'm saying, hey, just go with the flow. Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, left the Kaaba. The Kaaba had idols there for 13 years. He didn't, he didn't touch those, those, those idols. For 13 years, for all of his life, 23 years, he left the door of the Kaaba up when it should have been brought down. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah's companions were getting beat up and killed and he couldn't do anything about it. He picked his battles because he had understanding of the religion and also in addition to that, he had experience. So you younger people, just ask any older revert, any older person who came back to his religion, tell me some stories about what you used to do that were crazy in this journey of yours so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. May Allah Azzawajal establish our feet firmly upon the kitab and the sunnah makers of those people who are truthful in word and deed. And may he subhanahu wa ta'ala give us fiqh in our religion and faham and understanding our religion and protect our shabab and our shabat. Verily he is our wali and he is qadrun This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.com dot org